The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You're listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited, with your hosts, Morgan Adsit and Rocco DeSangro. Your Baltimore Ravens breakdown of Week 5 begins now. You just got to keep stacking practices and plays and and as many wins as we can. The key to that one was we got the W at the end of the game. We, we definitely appreciate this win, but it's time to move on. It's a great feeling. I think this is a great you know, moment to build off of um, going forward. Thanks to our fans. I thought our fans were amazing. Man, that was awesome. All right. Welcome post week five. We're a day late, but that's because of Sunday night football. But all is well for the Ravens. This is Flock on Fox 45. They are back in the win column in the win column perfect right now in AFC North play with their opener against the Cincinnati Bengals. And it appears that they have corrected the sinking ship that fans thought they were on for their home games. But the Ravens, um, no panic in them. It's a week-by-week league. And I think Sunday night, last night, was a perfect example of you're not going to win the Super Bowl in October. The Ravens sure made a statement with their 19-17 win. Jaffe is with me in person. We have Rocco DeSangro remotely. Rocco, how is your day off? Thank you for joining us. You are a team <laughs> player. Uh, no, it's going fantastic. I appreciate it. Wouldn't wouldn't miss it for the world. And, uh, as far as the Ravens go, wasn't a pretty win, but sometimes in football there aren't pretty wins. So Baltimore sits atop the AFC North with that victory over Cincinnati. Uh, and it was, as you uh, would in AFC North, division matchup to go it's like how you would expect it to go not last year obviously they got swept but this year it's going a little better for the Ravens right off the bat so that's a positive note I think the theme in this one is they did what needed to be done they got the win Um, I don't want to say ever must win mode by week five (laughs) but when you look at five straight losses at home dating back to last season I just couldn't see the Ravens not having a home win through three games and they got it done in AFC North play, as Rocco mentioned. And the team, Michael Jaffe, you've got the the numbers of, of the offense and how great they looked yeah. on the offensive line. <laughs> and nothing was great, but the outcome was great. Yes. I mean, it was – I can't remember which baseball – winning ugly is sweet. I think that was like the <laughs> 90s White Sox <laughs> reference there. But when you consider that, they were averaging six yards a carry when it wasn't Lamar right. running the ball. That is game-changing. Right, that's putting away a game in the second half when you have a lead. Granted, they had to come back. You know, that's a whole other story, but it shows signs of life where they might have struggled those previous two home games and just killing a game when they had to. That ability is there now, and it's it's obvious. And there were no robotics after the game. I mean, they basically said not must win, but this was a win needed because when you started to look at how everything was going down, looked very similar to the last home games. Up a couple scores, giving away the lead, games tight, the other teams marching downfield, kind of shoving it down the defense's throat. Uh-oh, the Ravens have the ball. Can the <laughs> offense move it and finish? And everything came together for the win. Here is John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Tucker talking about a much-needed win and winning performance when it mattered. Well, I just think it's an important win because we had an opportunity to move into position in the, in the division. You know, that's really 
from a long-term perspective. Nobody's going to win the division in October, but you know you, these games are going to go are going to go a long way at the end of the season. So, like our guys were saying, we've just got to keep stacking practices and plays and and as many wins as we can, and that's where that's what we're going to be determined to do. On that every day in practice, you know. Um, a situation like this, and I said we prevailed. You know, um, often did a great job driving the ball down the field and giving Tuck a chance. You know, we got to go that kicker, and that's just what it was. You know, this was a big team win that we needed to have, division opponent. Uh, so to be able to come out on top, it's a it's a great feeling. And guys, unlike last week, they put this game on the foot of the greatest kicker of all time, Mr. Justin Tucker, who had a 43-yard chip shot to win the game. Uh, John Harbaugh went to him, and, and he really had no other choice this week. Uh, it was the Bills milked the clock last week. They got it down to zeros, and then they finished the Ravens off in the final seconds, and the Ravens did that to the Bengals this week. The Bengals' defense it really felt helpless after they got after the Ravens got the first down, um, and Justin Tucker did his job as usual, ending the game with, with the boot, and that's what the Ravens love to see. I mean, this guy... That, that's why he's your kicker and the pressure for him it does it's non-existent like he does this all the time he does it in his sleep so for him to do this for him to win this game um it, it was it was a no-brainer to just put him out there on the field and, and trust in your kicker and that was big and it's funny to see seconds on the clock and and Ravens teammates on the sidelines know it's a walk-off like they're already like mentally we're going to the locker room we got this win and they even said that after the game they know they're spoiled with him but he is Mr. Automatic for a reason. It, it's like bringing Mariano Rivera in. <laughs> yeah, he's the closer. It's like you don't think twice about it when you have a chance. You bring him in. And here's Lamar and company talking about that closer with Tucker's boot. Uh, I still prayed, though. But I really didn't have no doubt, though. Because I thank God we got Tucker on our side. Automatic Tuck. That's it. What was interesting about this game and this performance, it's almost like they learned a little bit from earlier in the season and didn't overthink a game that I know is very complicated. You have to be talented. There's schemes, there's trickery, there's disguise. There's a lot that goes into being an NFL player and a coach, but it is still football. They did not overthink the game. When the game was on the line, the defense would bend, not break. I'm okay with Cincinnati's seven-minute drive at the end going up for the win because there was two minutes left. The two-minute warning put the ball in the best player's hands. Lamar Jackson used his best asset. I don't care what anyone says. It's his legs. And he threw the ball to Mark Andrews. And then they took the points. They took the points all game long. Justin Tucker, 4 for 4 a 58-yarder M&T Bank Stadium at night. Not easy on a chilly day. And they let him kick the game winner. They did not overthink doing what is best to win a game. I didn't hear analytics being mentioned or said. It was go get the win, and the Ravens got that done. And that's where the game swung, right? It was The Bengals went with what the analytics said. And just I don't a know about minutes. a Philly special when you're on the two-yard line, but <laughs> <Right>. okay. <laughs> they went for it, right? Odds right. are you're going to get two yards. It's the NFL. You have an offensive line. Being stuffed just doesn't happen as often as getting two yards mm -hmm. and that's sort of where it rested and while the numbers always say it and yet you know this just isn't blackjack where the numbers are going to pan out just about every single time eventually humans come in to change the equation and that's what football is like you said they just kept it simple went with their gut and you know harbaugh alluded to it last week where he said yeah well the analytics don't you know say i should but boy 
you know, maybe next time we're going to just take the freaking points. And Justin Tucker has processed throughout this. I mean, we know he has not missed ever in his 11-year career, the final minute of regulation or overtime. But to hear his process post-game and how it's not just him, it's from the offense getting down the field, it's the snap, it's the hold, it's his kick. But his process is always really interesting how he breaks it down. You think, oh, it's a kicker, just go out there and do it. We, we don't pay attention to him until it's bad. But you take for granted how good he is and his just entire process to be clutch no matter what. Here's Justin Tucker. My feelings, you know, my emotions, for 1.3 seconds, they don't really matter. Whether I'm feeling very confident or you know, nervous or even outright afraid, um, you know, that's why, you know, partly why I always make it a point to say a brief prayer as I'm lining up the kick. Um, you know, not to ask for results, but to ask for peace and uh, to show gratitude just for, you know, being able to be in that moment and bring joy to millions of fans who love watching Ravens win football games. So it was a big night for one Raven. Ronnie Stanley back on the field for the first time in a very long time, uh, coming off of broken ankle um and just nursing that thing back to health and he was jumping off the pregame going through warm-ups but to see him out there he got an unbelievably loud cheer um Ravens fans are happy to see him back but this is about easing him back in to game play and making him comfortable that was our plan going into this game is you know the whole pitch count thing but you know, Pat, Pat McCarty did a great job, and I have full trust and faith in him. I have zero doubts in, in his ability, but, you know, as a competitor, you know, I really want to be out for the team, and um, I'm very happy that we, we got up there and we pulled out the win. You know, last time I was, I was on this field, you know, terrible, terrible things happened to me. So to be able to, to come, back, come back on here and uh, be able to be a productive member of the team and uh, help us win, and I know it's only going to get better from here. So Stanley, he only played – uh, percentage of the snaps and he was on kind of a pitch count and we saw that with J.K. Dobbins when he came back and we're still seeing that with Dobbins right now. Stanley played 34% of snaps offensively at left tackle. Pat McCary got rotated in. He played 66% of the snaps. John Harbaugh on the broadcast said that was the plan. It was the plan to rotate both of these guys in. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And a guy that's really not on a pitch count anymore is on the defensive side of the ball. Marcus Peters played 100% of defensive snaps off this snap count chart. And to have him back, to have one of the, really the heart and soul of this defense, and to see the big play he made on that goal line situation, second and goal, and to kind of go into Ray Lewis mode with the dance <laughs> afterwards, uh, it's big to have him back playing 100% of these snaps and on the field for 100% of these plays. What I liked about Peter's play is physical. Physical up at the line of scrimmage. I don't think Jamar Chase liked that. <laughs> they were letting him play a little bit. I know he had some penalties like near the end, you know, but that's they're playing tough and they're kind of letting it go and you let it slide for him making those big plays. And his tackling was, you know, something that if you were ever going to knock an all pro, that's maybe something on Marcus Peters that gets brought up. But he's a phenomenal talent that you kind of let freelance and do their thing on the island. And this was his game. It, it gave the defensive line 
just a little bit more time right to get after Joe Burrow it was that that to me was what I thought the big difference was adding him to the secondary you haven't heard Jason Pierre Paul's name called in years he's getting after the quarterback mm-hmm. I mean the, everyone looked better because the secondary was in sync and besides his rookie year when the Ravens torched Joe Burrow here in Baltimore Joe Burrow got to see a healthy Ravens secondary minus one player, which we'll talk about in a second, who's going to be done for a little bit. But they had their starting corners. They had their starting safeties. They had their starting rotation of their reserves in the back end. And he did not see that last year when they played the secondary. That was just, who can we sign off the street and get in here? But with that, there is a big injury. That's kind of the the womp womp news the day later that we had heard on Sunday but confirmed on Monday by John Harbaugh that safety Marcus Williams dislocated his wrist. What's wild, and I encourage you to watch Sports Unlimited because we have the play. I can't post it with legal issues on you know NFL films. We don't pay the fees, and I don't want to get fined and lose our jobs. But he, it's in the first or second series. Harbaugh still isn't sure. But on the clip that we have, makes a tackle, kind of like gets sandwiched underneath a bunch of people and kind of shakes off his wrist. He played the entire first half after that. (laughs) And then they go back and look at it at halftime in the locker room, and it's a dislocated wrist. He's going on the injured reserve, not season-ending, but he's going to miss, quote, a significant amount of time from John Harbaugh. So hopefully this is a December-January playoff run return because he leads the team in tackles. He leads the team in interceptions. He's got three so far this season. And I know they have safety depth. But Marcus Williams, that addition has been huge for this defense. No, they're definitely going to miss Marcus Williams. He's been a ball hawk for the Ravens this season, and you're not paying him five years, $70 million for nothing. Like He's a guy that comes in, he can change your defense up, change the style of play, um, bring a physical aspect as well. But I, I hate to say this, and this is not a knock at Marcus Williams, but bringing in Kyle Hamilton and doing what they did in the draft it's i mean it's it's paying off so kyle hamilton's gonna have to step up geno stone um as he did yesterday is gonna have to step up and the ravens are gonna be without their guy their biggest offseason acquisition defensively for some period of time and it, it stinks injuries stink and this this team can't get away from that injury bug this season or last season and it's I don't think it's anything that they're doing. Like, you can't prevent a dislocated wrist. It's just something that happens out there on the field. But uh, to see him go out, it's really going to change up how this defense looks. And, man, how great, again, does it look that – and I know it wasn't what they wanted, but they were able to hold on to safety Chuck Clark. They wanted to deal him. They wanted to get something. It did not happen. Chuck Clark shut his mouth. We didn't hear from him until the regular season started. And he just went to work and was going to make someone take his position. He plays 100% of the snaps. No one's taken his position. And I, and I would imagine that this is schematically not wanting to change the defensive game plan too much last night against the Bengals. But Geno Stone was Marcus Williams' replacement. Safety Kyle Hamilton was kind of the same workload. I think that will eventually change, but I think they like the mixture that they have with Hamilton and the way that they can use him closer to the line of scrimmage. And obviously got beat deep a couple times against the Dolphins and didn't look that great. But I think that will flip a little bit more. But Geno Stone was the guy. Yeah, I was going to yep. say avoiding having to throw Kyle Hamilton to the Wolves again was a huge help. He got roasted by the fans and the Dolphins yeah, <laughs> after, yeah. after that game. He came in, 
was in another coverage situation and gave up a really big penalty down by the goal line, but they were able to get out of that little jam in that situation. They got maybe a little lucky, but you can see that learning curve is still there and he's got a long way to go. And having that depth at safety going into this season with it is going to prove huge if they can stay in this playoff race. And obviously they will because they're in first place. And speaking of defense, the old defensive coordinator, Don Martindale, the escape goat from last season's problems defensively being the worst secondary in the league, despite all the injuries, the guy that they fired, or excuse me, parted ways mutually, is now with the Giants. The 4-1 <laughs> Giants, and that's where the Ravens go. If anyone knows this defense, if anyone knows Lamar Jackson, if anyone knows, excuse me, if anyone knows this Ravens offense, knows Lamar Jackson, it's Wink. Is there a little bit of a revenge kind of thing to look out for? I mean, the Giants defense is really good this year, and there's a reason why. It's, you know, it's crazy. I was I was watching the, the game in London, got up early and, and turned that on against the Packers, and just seeing the way they're playing, this team really believes the Giants offensively, defensively. It, it may, they may not be the, the most attractive wins possible, but they're winning football games and competing in every single game. And there's a reason why they, they only have one loss this year. And I feel like Wink's a big part of that. Mr. Mr. Blitz all night, I like to call him, because <laughs> that's what he does. And he's going to try to bring the pressure at Lamar and the pressure at this uh, Ravens offense. And Right now, he's one of the guys who, who knows Lamar Jackson uh, as far as the opposition goes and this Raven offense better than really anybody. So I think it will be a revenge game for him, but he's not going to make it about him. You know, it. we're going to get the football coach answer and all that. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to get yeah. phenomenal sound from Martindale. He's a soundbite machine, Rocco. You think, you think he's going to drop in that this is a revenge game, though? No, 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 no. He's not going to be honest. I didn't say that. Um, but he will, he will have some good one-liners, I'm sure. And oh, there'll yeah. be a lot of compliments and and, and good thoughts. Yes, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he loves the players down here and that they really play hard for him. Yes, right. <laughs> That's... I mean, I don't think it's a trap game. I think it can look like one. I, I still think the Giants are at the end. The Giants and the Ravens are the Ravens, and I'm yeah. gonna, I'm going to lean Ravens. Better franchise, John Harbaugh, <laughs> better coach, more proven teams. But if they can rip off some wins, Giants don't scare me. Browns certainly don't. With the Browns here, and they still don't have Deshaun Watson. At the Bucks is tricky just because it's Thursday night. They don't scare me though. Like, that offense is not setting the world on yeah. fire. They do not look great. I was gonna say the the coach down I ninety five, you know, just down in Washington, <laughs> through the quarterback controversy bomb of the season so oh. far. But if you take that at face value, that means Daniel Jones is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Is anyone here really going to buy that? No, it, no. Exactly. Close. I mean, they, they've got a defensive coordinator who's really got that team playing and believing in each other and Saquon Barkley healthy for the first time in three years. That's been key on offense for sure. He's probably their best yeah. quarterback option when they go to Wildcat. At the Saints, doesn't scare me. It's a weird road game. Always happens. Primetime, Monday night, bye week. Panthers just fired Matt Rule. They don't have a coach. They're a dumpster fire. Jags don't believe in them. Fired everyone. Broncos are... <laughs> They could be the next to fire a coach if it's not the team down south that you mentioned, Jaffe. I know they're not going to win all these in a row, but they have a chance to rip off three to four out of the next five games. And and that's easy for them to do. And I think that the Ravens getting this huge win over Cincinnati can get that done before really 
the AFC North play kind of gets serious in December, and you, you like to think that the Steelers are going to be better by then, but who knows? It sure doesn't look like they will be <laughs> at this point. Rocco, you got anything on that Pittsburgh knowledge? Yeah, I was, well, I was going to say, looking down the line, imagine if the Broncos can't hack it and we get a Jerry Rossberg against John Harbaugh. That would be awesome. Weeks, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> that would be something. It really would. Well, we at least know that the Ravens are going to take it week by week. And while no one panicked inside uh, Owings Mills, the castle, um, I think that they like where they're sitting right now, a 3 or 2 top of the AFC North and they got that first one against the Bengals and their best performance I think as a team even not having the best game for Lamar Jackson which I think says a lot he did things that need to be done the two-minute warning and the rest of the team kind of elevated and carried through special teams and defense and and just big plays and being healthy again on offense I think is also really key for this team moving forward that is our week five wrap-up on the flock on Fox 45 I learned the name of the show everybody wrote it down there we go. And uh, week six will roll on after the Giants, and it will probably be without myself because our growing family is probably expected before kickoff then. <laughs> but we shall see. You never know, guys. Stranger things have happened. Game day decision. <laughs> game, I am a game day pregnancy decision. I don't know what that designation is, but it seems terrifying. <laughs> oh, it'll be, it'll be great. It'll be wonderful. We are excited for you, whether you're here or not. All right, for Rocco DeSangro, for Jaffe, you just get one name because you're an EP. I'm Morgan Atzit. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited. Stay up to date on the latest Ravens coverage. Check the Sports Unlimited tab on foxbaltimore.com.